0: Another Way to Play, episode 47.
1: This is Justin Hanover, performance coach of Mindset Accelerator. If you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend Hans Struzniak.
0: Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9 to 5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions. Stop hitting the snooze button on your life and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is another way to play with your host Hans Struzina. This is another way to play. I am your host Hans Struzina and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars you will never achieve the true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Justin Hanover. Justin as someone that I'm getting to know better through the mastermind that I'm a part of. Uh, it's Travis Chapels cool people, cool places, mastermind. And uh, we're connecting through that. Uh, So having a really good time getting to know Justin and, uh, he's someone who I, I really respect and wanted to bring on the show because he started his business at 19. Uh, he was going to school for architectural drafting and design, realized he wasn't into it, and then made a pivot to being a personal trainer. Uh, he started out making house calls, driving all over town, meeting people where they lived and where they worked, and uh, built that over about six years, six and a half years, into a 6,000 square foot facility with 350 paying members, and then recently decided that that business wasn't serving him and is now pivoted into coaching for entrepreneurs on their paths and their journey. So uh, we get into a lot of really interesting stuff here and I'm really excited to share it with you. One of the things that I think is so profound that he brings up early in the episode is uh, if you know a direction is right for you, you have to be willing to stand alone Uh, multiple times he's had to be the only person who believed in what he was doing his family his friends his colleagues they're all telling him to stick with it finish the degree stay with the business and he knew it wasn't right and he decided to dive in and get after it in that way so really glad uh, he shared that and something you're going to want to listen up for. Uh, you're also going to want to listen for his take on the order of life and business. He basically says life comes first, business comes second, and he runs a lot of his decisions through that. Uh, we also talk about mentorship, how to get one, uh, how to find one, and, and how to maintain and build that relationship because uh, that is such a crucial part of his story and certainly of mine as well. So definitely something we connected on there. Before we get into the Episode. Remember that if you're getting value out of this show, uh, I would really appreciate you heading over to iTunes, leaving me a written rating and review because it really helps me uh, get feedback that I'm looking for, as well as helps with the Apple algorithms to sh- get the show in front of more people and help it grow. Really appreciate that. So, thank you in advance. And if you want to connect even further, my Calendly link is in the show notes. I'd love to converse with you one-on-one and just uh, get to know you a little better on a personal level. So if you go down in the show notes, get it on my calendar, we'll have a chat, get to know each other better, and uh, really looking forward to that. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into the show today with my buddy, Justin Hanover. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Appreciate it. I'm glad we finally connected and got this one uh, hooked up together. Yeah, I am as
1: well. I'm really grateful to be on and to be able to connect with you and uh, your listeners.
0: Awesome, man. Well, you know, we went through your, your business, uh, some of your background in the intro. Uh, we, we know that you're in the middle of a pretty big transition here. Um, but before we get into that, why don't you back up, build us a little context and, and tell us where your journey started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, so I've been in business now a little over 10 years. I uh, started back when I was uh, 19 And I first actually was going for architectural drafting and got six months into that program, realized that it was not the path that I wanted to continue down. Uh, It was not the way I want to live, it was not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. So I dropped out of that and immediately went into school for personal training and finished that program and then basically started my business right away. I started going to homes, uh, traveling around, uh, going to people's businesses. It was the fastest way to get going with no overhead and was able to build up a decent amount of business to get my first space. I locked in about a 500 square foot space, so a little bigger than a closet, Uh, but I made it work. Um, I started doing one-on-one training there. grew up the business and uh, basically over the years uh, ended in a a 6,000 square foot facility with um, over 350 plus members, and uh, that's uh, where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, man. So you really, you had a pretty strong pivot there from architectural drafting and design into personal training. Can you talk about that process of when you first started in in the architectural direction, and then how you realized that was maybe not for you, and then ultimately why you found personal training?
1: So I got into architectural drafting because... I always just had a I enjoyed critical thinking and creative thinking and so I thought like that was going to be the outlet for me even though I've, I've always had like an athletic background I was always playing sports soccer a like year round I mean that was always a part of my life but I actually kind of like due to my own limiting belief it kind of discredited myself from <clears throat> possibly making a career in the fitness realm uh, because I was pictured like oh God, did I had to have like big muscles and like be this big guy, big and serious and, and be respected. Uh, so I always just kind of push that to the side. Like i now, that's not me. Um, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I continued on to the architectural um, drafting route and getting into that. I started realizing that it's just, it's not, uh doesn't stimulate me enough. Um, it, it's not uh, engaging enough for me. And I didn't see being able to maintain that for 30 years so that's where I knew right then and there I just I'm not gonna waste any more money on this and I'm just gonna be done Uh, so that was an interesting conversation with the family
0: and and when you I can imagine like being an architect like that sounds I have friends who went to school for architecture and it always sounds kind of exciting you get to design stuff and you've got this pretty cool advanced degree and you've got like all these interesting skills and you're creative, but you're a, you're a designer and then you've got to be some level of engineer in there somewhere too. So it's got a lot of mix of stuff, but in a, obviously on paper, it sounds like a great career, but then you identified that that wasn't for you. Can you like, what was that internal dialogue? Like when you first decided that, Hey, something's not fitting here. And I don't think that this is where I want to spend my time and my effort for the next 30 years.
1: Uh, She's. I don't know if I can remember exactly what was going through my mind so long ago, but it was. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I really. I'm a. I'm a type of person where, once something doesn't feel right, and I know I need to make a decision, I'm going to do it. Like just like I get it in my head, I'm going to do it. So I, I'm. I, I'm really good. I start like being intuitive with my body and like what's going on and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And it just didn't feel right. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't clicking with me. It wasn't something uh i wasn't excited about it like going to class like it was more of a burden than excitement i wasn't like excited to learn uh, i was just like yeah okay i guess i'm showing up today that lack of excitement definitely was a huge red flag for me that definitely woke me up and started looking at other to to look back at other options and that's when i started entertaining um the fitness aspect again and i was like you know, that's i i can see myself doing that i like helping people uh, i like talking with people and in, in relationships. So it's, yeah, I was like, well, what do I have to lose? I mean, it's why not give it a shot? Yeah. So that's where I started making that transition to that.
0: You alluded to it just a few minutes ago that it was an interesting conversation with your family. Uh, can you talk to us about, a moment when somebody who cared about you was trying to talk you into staying in architecture as opposed to making that pivot into the fitness space and then how you worked through that because, and and where I'm going with this is a lot of the audience is kind of in a moment of considering something similar, like whether it's they're in school, they're in their profession, whatever, something's not fitting for them. And they're not really sure uh, how, like it doesn't feel right, but they don't know necessarily the process or the steps to take. And and your story is one that you've had several pivots. And, I, and I'd and i really like to to hear if you have some advice for someone who's looking at a similar situation where it's not fitting. It's, it's something feels off and they can't quite name it, but then there's gonna be some fallout and some steps as they have yeah. to kind of manage all this, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest thing is like, you may not get every step right, but the most important thing is that you, you keep stepping, you keep moving forward into what feels right. I mean, it's like, you're going to know. And when I started having those conversations um, with my family, of course, all of them were kind of just like, like shocked and they're like, really? Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just finish? Like, just finish your school, just finish. And like, that was like, all of them kept just putting like, okay, if you want to go do something else, that's fine. Just finish. But I just kept arguing, go, that makes no sense. Why am I keep spending that money? towards something that is going to be irrelevant for me. If you know that a a direction is right for you, like you have to be willing to stand alone. No one's going to show up for you. I mean, it's like, whether it's your your parents, your siblings, friends, spouse, whatever it is at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own life and the, uh, the opportunities that you take or don't take. So that's not anyone else's burden. That's not anyone else's responsibility. You have to know what's right for you. And Do with what feels right and, and do it willingly alone because most people especially in the early phases They're not gonna see what you see. They're not gonna understand what you see and it's not their responsibility to it's not their life So that's the biggest thing is like when you make a decision that's against what you know a lot of people are gonna accept you have to realize That it's it's your vision alone and it's not their vision um, and it's on you to make it happen, not on them and it's not you don't have to make other people see what you see in order to do it. but that that's, that's I think where a lot of people get hung up and they have to start feeling like they have to justify everything that they do and you don't uh, you don't have to justify it's just I mean even with the like as you know, I mean the current transition that we're making right now again, we're going through like the same thing with our family. I don't have any interest in trying to make them see it. I don't have to. Um that's going to slow me down and it's going to get me on a track that's not going to move me forward. I'd rather just show them <laughs> and just do it.
0: Dude, if you uh, that that advice you just led with there with, you know, if you if you know a direction is right for you uh, and you have to be willing to stand on your own, like that is Really powerful, and I think that sums up the beginning of any new venture or entrepreneurial thing, or you know, creating a podcast or anything. Very eloquently, and I I love that advice. So you you realize this about yourself. You decide, you know, what the family wants me to finish. That's dumb. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make sense for me. Uh, Let's let me go into this physical uh, or personal training world and see what I can make happen. Uh, And then you started just hustling. It sounds like you started making a lot of house calls and business calls, and then you got your space, like talk to us about that progression. And especially when you first, first started like, you know what that meant to like, what it was like to actually stand on your own and then how that sort of helped you uh, leverage up into the, to the membership and the space that you, you created uh, that you alluded to towards the end of your time in this, in the fitness space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So once I decided to go into the fitness space, I completed my course and everything. I got my business going. I just had, I immediately put this mindset on, okay, I'm going to make this work. There is no plan B. And that's one thing that would frustrate a lot of people would kept asking me like, well, what's going to happen if this doesn't work? And I'm like, what do you mean? This is going to work. There is no other option. And there was no other option for me. I was like, this is, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make this work. And in the beginning I got, yeah, it was a lot of the hustle and just putting, putting the grind work and doing the work that's annoying. Um, but you have to do it. And I, like in the beginning, I was literally walking house to house, putting flyers in people's mailboxes and doors. And because I did that, that actually led to a connection that really opened up the, the door for me and gave me an opportunity to actually move forward. Um, and one of my first mentors and he had a little, he had the 500 square foot space. He owned that space and we started connecting um, again through that flyer and talking and started building relationship and then he offered the opportunity to be able to use his space and he gave me the first three months rent free uh, because he believed in me he saw something and he saw that fire in me he saw that like i could do something with this and he was willing to be able to be a part of that and give me that opportunity so i took that and ran um, and i am so grateful to him every day for seeing and believing in me, truly being the first person on my path to believe in me and allowing me to do what I know I could, that I was able to do.
0: Dude, that's amazing. And I, and I want to point out a couple of things here in this, in this journey is like the actions that you took in this case, it was like going door to door and dropping off flyers, uh, created luck for you. Cause someone, someone would kind of look at that story and be like, dude, you just got lucky. But yeah. it was like, yeah maybe, but you also created it because you were out there doing your thing, and I also want to illuminate the fact that when you started your business, there's no way you wrote that into your business plan, right No <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and so you were out there just working, and your vision was probably like, go knock on this person's door, drop a flyer, get a client when at when really what that turned into was a mentorship and your first space, and you yeah. just can't plan for that kind of stuff so When, when you have an, an, an idea of a company or a a new venture or a new industry you want to enter into, like getting out there, like just putting out content, putting out, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the flyers on someone's mailbox or whatever it is. And just being out there that like, that's what creates momentum around your success. And oftentimes it's going to show up in a way that you absolutely did not plan for. And that's a great example of it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Cause I mean, you don't know what doors can open up if like you said, if you just don't put yourself out there.
0: Absolutely. And I think that that first couple of steps is usually what holds people back most. Um, because once you get into it, uh, like you, like you did, uh, you can really start to snowball and you start to become this person who in your case is a personal trainer who has his own space. You know, that could be, you know, a real estate investor, it could be a podcaster, it could be whatever. Um, but taking those first couple of actions and, and committing to them and being diligent about it, like that's what gets you going.
1: Absolutely, I mean it's just taking imperfect action.
0: <laughs> imperfect action, that's that's really great advice. So you so you got this mentor. Um, let's let's talk about the mentor thing for for just a second here. How did that relationship come to fruition for you? Like what did that actually look like? Because I think. Mentorship is a big topic that comes up on this show a lot and others. Um, so how did you make the most out of that mentorship and, and how did you even secure it in the first place?
1: I, well, I have to say like it never was a traditional mentorship in that sense of like we never had a discussion like, oh, would you be my mentor? Like mm-hmm. it just kind of became that and we, we just became really good friends. And he was a very successful business owner in our community um, and just being, I just noticed like being around him, I started thinking differently, acting differently. And it was just, it was a very organic, just really it was just like just a friendship. I mean, it became very close the friends. Uh, his son actually was my best man at my wedding. And wow. like, it's just, it developed just a really close friendship. And like, I just enjoyed being around. He was like, kind of like the first person I was around that was, like a, a growth minded person that, that thought big. And I was kind of like, oh, this is exciting. I like, I like talking to this person. Because uh, I'm, I'm used to being around people that have very fixed mindsets. And the thought of thinking big scares them. Um, so that was like, definitely like my first taste into being around someone that isn't afraid to, to think big and to go for big things.
0: Absolutely. and And you also mentioned that it's, uh, it wasn 't ever a formal thing you didn 't say, Hey, can I you know pick your brain? Can I take you to coffee yeah. or whatever like how how did that that relationship start like where Where was like the first day of it can you Can you describe that for us and and then how did you keep it going after that
1: well we start, it started just kind of connecting like I said like over the flyer, and he actually first originally reached out to me too because he he wanted me to train his wife and his daughter uh i started doing that for a little bit they had they owned like a pretty a big photography studio so i was actually doing that out of their photography studio and he had like kind of an open space there and he like once mentioned he's like hey if you ever want to use this space for other people that's fine uh we'd be happy to work something out with you i was like okay cool and never really actually and then we actually probably like went three or four months where I just never talked to him again because uh, like I stopped working with his wife and his daughter and we just kind of stopped talking and then uh, and then I just reached out again because I was like, I was getting tired of doing the driving around thing and, and all of stuff, so I reached out to him again I was like hey is, is that room still available is there anything like we can do to, like, like where I can do something out of that and it turned out he actually had uh, uh, a a sprinkler, a fire sprinkler burst and like flooded the place. <laughs> he was in the process of gutting it and re- remodeling it. So at that point, he's like, "Yeah, no, I don't want any fitness stuff going on there. I'm, I'm making everything like brand new." Uh, so I was like, "Oh, okay, that's totally understandable. I get that." Uh, that and that's when he mentioned uh, he has a little, the little building, you know, 500 square foot building, uh, and he's like, "If you want to go check that out, we can meet up and I'll, I'll show you it." and and, and see what you think. Um, and so that's what we met up there and we, we should probably talked three hours. We were just talking about like business stuff, life and different things. And then if I finally got down to like, okay, what are we gonna do with this space? And, and that's when he offered to me, he's like, I'd love to be able to give you like your, your first three months rent free and kind of like get your feet on the ground and start building something here.
0: That's fantastic. Kind of
1: blossomed from there.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. I love all of that. So you got, you got the first couple months, three months free. You, you got your feet under you. You had this sort of uh, unofficial mentor uh, relationship going. And it, it all came on the heels of other hustle. And you were obviously driving all over town, training people and doing whatever you could to, to make it work. How do you go from that to 6,000 square feet and 350 or more members? Like what, talk us through that and and some of the lessons you learned on the scaling route.
1: I built up my personal client list to, I had about like 40, 45 private clients. And at that point is when I started realizing like, this isn't sustainable. Uh, I need to be able to leverage my time better. And like, I'm just going to be burnt out. I was going from like four 30 in the morning until nine o'clock at night, like every night. Um, and so that's just not something that you can keep going. So that's when um, I actually, uh, then eventually that room I told you about that flooded, um, I came back to him again. And I was like, hey, dude, are he you still doing anything with that room? Because um, it was bigger than what I had. Uh, and, and and we ended up renting that space, um, which was slightly bigger. It was about 800, 900 square feet. So not big enough to still do both things. So I had actually both locations going uh, where I was doing private training. And then and the other one, I started doing small group training. And that's when I first started hiring like, my first coaches, being able to handle multiple people at once. So that was an interesting time period of going back and forth uh, between locations across town. And did that for about three years like that. Uh, and then we made our next jump, uh, to about a 3000 square foot space. And so that was like the first space we're able to do everything in one. And, uh, we were there for about two, two and a half years. And then we made the jump to the 6,000 square foot space. But the biggest thing with growing, like, especially for like newer entrepreneurs, like they're so focused on, they want to grow fast and, and scale and do all these things. And it's like, you can't do that unless you have a solid footing and you really truly understand your client and what it is you're trying to build and offer them. And that's something I'm so grateful that I did grow slow in the beginning to really truly build relationships and understand people and understand their problems and what they're looking for and to be able to build the systems to do that. Uh, and we got to the point where then we were able to work with a marketing company that, in a month, we signed up 200 people. Wow. And we didn't like skip a beat. Like, we like everything went flawless and we were able to handle that. Had we done that sooner, it would have destroyed us. It would have ruined me. We wouldn't have had the systems in place and the, the knowledge to be able to handle an influx like that. So that's where growth is great when you can handle it. If you can't handle mm-hmm. it, you can ruin your business.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. That's just, this is music to my ears. and. I do, I do want to point out, and I actually do want to ask you, from the time that you, you rented that first space, got your first three months free, until yeah. you got, finally got into the 6,000 square foot pay, place and got the 200 members in one month, how long are we talking?
1: That was pro- probably about six and a half years.
0: Six and a half years. So that's longer than, you know, it's a one and a half times it takes to get a college degree. You know, it's high school and junior high combined. You know, it's, it's a long time is what I'm trying to say. And I'm guilty of this as much as anybody, but, you know, we all want to scale. We all want to make the hundred thousand or get to the million dollar, you know, net worth or whatever our goal is, you know, have the gym with hundreds of people in it uh, as soon as possible but I'm always reminded uh, and it's something I've brought up on a couple other shows is, you know, things take a minimum amount of time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm an athlete, you're an athlete. So I always use the reference of a marathon, you know, a world record marathon, I think um, just got broken. They just broke the two hour mark this year or last year. If you think about that, like, it's incredible that someone runs a marathon in under two hours, but it's still two hours. It's still a long time of freaking running (laughs) and the same, you know, he's going all out. Like, you know, I don't know what the pace is, but if you've ever run, you know, six minute mile or tried to it's that's fast and he's going for a couple hours. Yeah. And, and I want to, and I use that analogy because I think it's so perfect for like an entrepreneurial journey like this. Like you took six and a half years to get from that first space where you're driving around town and you got that first couple of months free to having this big club that you could kind of, you know, tout as like, this is our space. We've had all these members. Yeah. And, and there's a lot along the way that, that happens. So I, I just want to point that out that even though this is a 30 minute conversation on a podcast, like there's a lot of time that goes into some of these lessons and some of this stuff that, that you just have to put in and there's just like a minimum that it's just going to take no matter how fast you go.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because otherwise you'll be, you'll be corrected if you try to go faster than what you can handle. Um, But the beauty of it is, is once you've already put that time in now, anything you build after that will build faster because you already know what needs to be in place. To accelerate it faster, learning that again. So that le- the learning curve shortens. So that is the one nice thing. It's okay, you, you put the initial time in and you can't shortchange that. But once you put that in, then now any other venture you go off and build, then it's going to happen in half the time um, because you already know how to, like, what steps are to get there.
0: And that's obviously where mentorship can come in or or getting a group of peers around you who are in the same space, learning similar lessons or, you know, some combination of all of it, but none, none of it is a substitute for getting out there and taking action and, and getting out and just doing it. There's also the concept of compounding time here that I think goes into play. My, my cousin brought this up on his episode a number a number back and he is a commercial real estate guy. Uh, he spent a long time in that business, 13 years before he took a break and he now moved him and his family out to Idaho, which is another story. But... Um, but he talks about how over the first 5 years of his career he felt like he worked really really hard and put in extra hours but he's like because i did that every week or every day i was getting an extra hour or two in and in the second 5 years of his career all of that compounded in such a big way that his knowledge base was just his ability to problem solve the people he knew the way he could handle himself in a meeting it all just came so much easier and i think that's what you're saying is like when you have those experiences that and and you bring them into a to bear to a problem later you can really uh really use that as a leverage point um, down the road
1: oh definitely it's totally invaluable i mean it's having the experience and knowledge is i mean that that's the most valuable thing you can have because you can you can constantly keep using that and applying it
0: that's awesome man so you got the gym going, and you're obviously into a bit of a pivot now. Can you know as much as you want to share about what's going on there? Can you talk to us about about this new pivot that you're you're tackling, and and what led you there, and then how you're doing it, what you're doing, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, so yeah, we've got the, the the gym going. We have, like I said, like 350 plus members, and we're cruising along. And uh, we're actually into like one of our m- most profitable years. <laughs> it was actually like to the point where it was just like a like a profit machine. Um and and we decided to close it down um, <laughs> wow' <laughs> crazy that sounds um because we just realized uh my wife and i she's obviously like heavily involved in the business as well that this just wasn't serving us in the way that we wanted to serve anymore it wasn't allowing us to live the life that we wanted to live uh the what's required like, with like running a facility like that it's I mean, it's very demanding. Obviously, the time is very demanding. It's, it's very demanding running a team and being able to keep all that moving. And, and we just had a lot of things happen, especially this past year, between losing key people uh, to having um, issues with the, the facility uh, to like, just a lot of like silly things that just hit, hit at once. And it was just kind of more red flags for us um to be looking at this from a different perspective and okay like how do we want to live I and mean, that's something like i think like a lot of entrepreneurs and people in general just don't focus on they just focus on what do you want to do and, and the problem with that is if what you decide to do isn't in alignment with how you want to live you're always going to have constant friction there and you're always going to feel like it's just like you don't like something isn't right with your life you're not, you're not going to feel fulfilled you're not going to be fully happy uh, because you know that you're not living how you wanna live. So that's what kind of forced us to start looking at this from a different perspective. And then once we, we realized that like, okay, this is, we just kept on like, that we don't belong here. Like we wanna be, be making a, a bigger impact and uh, living the way that we wanna live and not being stuck to the confinements of our, our local area. And also having our life controlled by um, employees and, and members, especially in the fitness space, it's very irrational, uh, like people can decide to leave because someone didn't say hi to them in the right way. And it sounds funny, like, I'm not trying to be funny, that's just real, it is real, because like someone can be just having a terrible day, they walk into our facility, someone didn't say hi to them the right way, and then they just tie their terrible day to us and think that, um, that our service is going downhill or something decide that it's not worth their money anymore and they leave It's very irrational and, and it's like we I mean, we had all the retention systems and you can do everything I mean but you're still gonna deal with churn away from that and so that's where I was like okay I'm, I'm tired of my life being controlled by that um, and I also saw that I mean my wife and I we weren't down a good path like our our relationship wasn't very strong um, it, w- it was heavily affecting that we were just kind of like passing each other and barely saying two words we were living. And we were just, we were living basically on demand of the facility. And that's what made me make this pivot now into what I'm doing with coaching younger entrepreneurs uh, to make sure that they're focused on building their life first, business second, because uh, I don't want you obviously making the same mistakes that I made. And I first saw firsthand how it can ruin you. I think there's a lot of obviously divorce and uh, suicide in the entrepreneurial world because of that fact that most people think that if they just hustle and grind and focus on building this business that when they reach this magical number all of a sudden everything will just fall into place the, the life will be how they want it to be, be um, like whatever they want to live i mean it's like it will just happen and that's just um, if anything it's going to compound you're going to get worse
0: there's so much truth in everything you said. So if you're, if you're listening to this, back it up a couple of minutes and, and go back. Cause that was awesome. Thank you so much for bringing all yeah. that up, man. I just, even as you were talking, I was thinking about my own entrepreneurial experience and my own business and real estate practice. And I was like, yep, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, So, so can you identify just real quick, like, you're realizing that the business isn't serving you in the life that you want. Um, You know, you've got, you know, turnover and employee issues and churn and all this stuff that's kind of driving your day to day. Um, Plus I'm sure like printers and toilets and whatever else. (laughs) What was the thought process like to decide what to go into next? Cause it's one thing to identify your, your situation is not what you want, but like, where do you go next?
1: Uh, well I made the decision, I mean with uh, folks on like coaching entrepreneurs. Like I've I've already been doing that um for some time. And it was something that kind of naturally started coming. Like I started actually just now nat- like having other business owners come to me and just and I was just kinda helping them out. I wasn't like necessarily making it a formal thing. Uh, it was just something I enjoyed doing and I enjoyed um like I enjoy working with that type of person because I love business. I love business strategy. I love being around those types of people because they're exciting to talk to uh, their, their minds, like how they think um, and everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's my people. Um, and that's, that was some of a big thing that I was learning too, that who I was currently serving just wasn't uh, the right, the right client for me in that sense. Cause I basically have been coaching for over a decade, uh, but who I was serving currently um, the most wasn't necessarily clicking with how I want to be coaching. That's where I knew, okay, now I'm ready to go full force into working solely with just entrepreneurs. And uh, so that was kind of like a, I guess like an easy transition. So it, I guess like I I've always been coaching. It's just a different aspect now. So it wasn't like, like something completely left to like, now I'm, I'm, I'm coaching and say, now I'm a, an internet coach doing those things. So it's, it's, this is what I've been doing all along. It's like working with people and understanding like, their problems and where they want to go. Um, it's just now a different niche and focus.
0: That's a really great way to, to talk about it. And I and I say something similar in my world of real estate. You know, we have so many verticals. Like we have, obviously you can be an agent. That's kind of the the one that most people go to, but you can also, you know, flip a house or you can buy a rental or you can do all these other things that are really vertical. Yeah. And you did something, and in, in maybe coaching entrepreneurs and and fitness or personal training, uh, is a harder, uh, parallel to draw for most people. But in your case, you're like, Hey, I've been coaching people on their fitness for a really long time. I've been working with some other business owners on their businesses and just engaging in that way. Um, so I'm just going to continue coaching. I'm just going to find someone else to like a different person to coach on a different topic. Mm-hmm. And drawing that parallel, I think, makes it a lot easier to pivot into that world uh, than it is if you're like, I'm making a wholesale change here in my life and it's something completely new and different. Man, I, I, talking about like you found your people, you could talk about this stuff all day. I could for sure do that with you, but I want to respect your time uh, and, and wrap it up here. But uh, before we end the show, I want to get to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, man. First question: What book, uh have you gifted most often?
1: I would say talk triggers.
0: Talk triggers. That's not one I've heard of. Can you give us a quick, uh, quick cliff notes of that one?
1: Yeah, it's uh, basically talking about. Uh, you know, you know, most people have like referral marketing strategies. This is different, like a, a talk trigger. It's something that's ingrained in your culture that's meant to be unique but subtle and it gets people talking about it uh, in a way that drives business. So to give you like an example, uh, I don't know you know, like cheesecake factory, um, that restaurant chain, they're known to like have like their menu is like a freaking book and on purpose. Uh, and that's their talk trigger. And, or, um, I think another one, like, I think it's Homewood Sweets.
0: They mm-hmm. give you, um,
1: a warm baked chocolate chip cookie when you, when you um,
0: check in, that's right. Uh,
1: and that's not something they advertise. Um, that's the whole thing. It's not something you advertise. It's something that you, it's, it's just a kind of like a part of, like I said, like a part of your culture and you just do it every time without fail. It's always executed and people uh, talk about it and, and it actually drives a lot of their business. And like, I think the homework tweet' saying like 30% of their business comes from that cookie.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's a, that's a fascinating book. That's for sure going on my list for next year. Yeah. Uh, if you could get uh, an hour of someone's time past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why?
1: For me, I mean, more personally for me, I think it would actually uh, be my grandmother. I never really got to actually connect with her um, that much. You know, so I would love to have had to learn more about her life. And And she was actually entrepreneurial too. And and she did uh, she's a seamstress um but i know is she did a lot of um stuff like the different pre- past presidents um so, so she was like very good at what she did and i just never really ever got a chance to get to know her much
0: that's a great answer man what's one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on
1: i, I would say how i live <laughs> uh, i'm very risky I'm a, I'm a risk taker and i'm not afraid to to kind of uh put all the cards out there and let it see how it falls.
0: <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? Uh, yeah, this was something that we definitely
1: have been more um, focused on since making our transition. And so now my wife and I, we get up pretty much about five every day uh, and we'll start with like we call it our coffee time. And so we have our coffee um, and it's our time just to connect and we have like just talk, talk about the day, like what our intentions are for the day. Um, what we're grateful for, um, that type of stuff. And then, uh, then I get ready, I go to the gym, um, and I'll spend now probably about an hour and a half to two hours at the gym. As I always get my workout time and then I sit in the sauna for a while. Uh, so that's kind of like my morning routine. I come back, um, get prepped and then, then I'm starting my actual work day.
0: Man, you've, you've really brought the heat today. Like all, there's so many takeaways. I think this is one people are going to want to go back through a couple of times because, there's just so many practical tips on pivots, on starting and you know moving through a journey that I I really think were valuable. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what is the number one place that we as the audience can connect with you the most?
1: Directly on social media, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram uh, justin.hanover. Hanover, uh, Facebook just Justin Hanover. Um, feel free to reach out to me, and I do actually have a link in my account there too, where you can just click and it's a free quiz uh, where they can go through, it takes no more than a couple minutes and it's basically going to highlight what areas in your life you might be lacking in. Uh, And then I send you a free uh, video uh, personalized to you with what your results were and action steps on what you can do to address those potential areas that could uh, provide a roadblocks for you down the road.
0: That's awesome, man. So yeah, go check out the free quiz um, in the Instagram or the Facebook profiles. I will link to those in the show notes, so they're easy to find down just below. Uh, Justin man, thank you again for being on here. You really crushed it today, and uh, really brought the heat. So I uh, wanna honor you for that, and um, without any further ado, I guess we'll sign it off for now, but thanks for coming, and we'll have to have you back another time.
1: Absolutely, I'd be excited to be back.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. This has been another great episode. If you wanna connect with Justin, I've got his social links down in the show notes, so go check him out there. And uh, I've also got my Calendly link down in the show notes as well, so you can get on my calendar, book a 15-minute call with me so we can get to know each other a little better. I'd like to know who you are, what you're uh, liking on the show, and uh, how I can continue to bring value to you as a member of the audience. So I would really appreciate that. And then um, if uh, you don't want to do that, but you do want to support the show, I'd really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, That really helps me gain some feedback as well as helps uh, increase the algorithm so that we can get the show in front of more people. So uh, thanks in advance for that. Look forward to connecting with you personally. But until then, I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember, make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at ChiefSNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.